Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back and let's chat about what's happening in the stars above. And hopefully all of you had a wonderful 4th of July. If you're here in the USA, we had a long weekend and it was fun. We had a lot of good times. We did a lot of fun things. I hope it was that way for all of you as well. Um, it's good to be here this morning, kind of weird on a Wednesday because my week is all off because yesterday uh, or Monday was a holiday. And so I'm feeling like I'm a day behind or maybe even two days behind now, because if this is Wednesday, usually I'd be with you on Monday. So it's kind of weird, but here we are, right? Here we are living our lives. It's a very dark morning here. It's not going to rain, but it's really marine layer thick here. So if it looks a little dark in my room, that's why I didn't want to turn on the other lights because they just generate heat. And yeah, we don't need that here in the summertime. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about the new moon. It's hard to believe we're looking at, we're staring down the barrel of the new moon in Cancer. Feels like only yesterday we were talking about the full moon. And yet here it is two weeks later, and now we're going into the new moon. So today's uh, agenda, if you will, we're going to be talking about the moon today and what it's looking like. Then we're going to move into uh, what the moon is doing tomorrow and the next day, actually the, the ninth and 10th being the um, full moon or excuse me, the new moon. Sorry. I forgot to turn my phone off. Let me do that. And then we're going to take a look at that through human design. We're also looking at a, a new human design week and the new moon chart shows that we're still engaged with that the T-square with the opposition of Saturn and Venus this time. Also, Mars isn't that far away, so it's still engaged there. And then as well, both of them squaring the focal planet in the uh, configuration Uranus. So that's playing in the full moon as well. So we'll talk about that. And that should take us through the hour today. So let's start by talking about the moon today in the sign of Gemini. And in your human design, that means that the sun is going to be, at, excuse me, the moon is going to be at the gates 45 and the gates 12, both on the throat center. If you remember back when we talked about the moon in the gates of Gemini, they were mostly here on the throat center. So it has a lot to do with communication. We know Gemini as a sign of communication, so it fits perfectly, right? So communication, um, as well as learning, uh, being in motion. So Gemini rules all of the modes of transportation. It rules sort of that restless energy that we feel that needs to be expressed in some way through doing or through movement or through actually traveling. So sometimes we think of Gemini as a sign of short distance travels. And then there's also the potential for curiosity in Gemini. It's a very mind-oriented air sign. And the air signs are all curious, but Gemini happens to take the cake when it comes to curiosity and their possibility thinkers. So what ifs and how would it look if we did it this way? And what more is possible if we go in that direction? And so curiosity or Gemini takes us into those different pathways of curiosity being expressed in different ways. It is also logic. It rules the mind the actual part of the mind that we use to think. So not the necessarily the artistry of the mind, but the mind in its ability to draw conclusions, to draw parallels, to bring details together, to bring different pieces of information together. So we have logic as a part of the expression of Gemini energy, but it's not just pure logic. I mean, there's also the ability to, you know, intertwine both hemispheres of the brain, but it does seem to be a much more mind oriented sign. So mind, communication, learning, motion, all part of the day to day. Now, when we look at the gates in human design that Gemini sits at today with a gate 45, so motion and communication around finances. So the gate 45 is a very deeply financial gate. It sits on the throat center, heading down toward the, um, the ego or the will center, which is the center for allocation and management of resources. 
So today's a day of talking about the resources that you have, maybe making connections to people that can help you manage or allocate your resources in some way. Well, that was the cat. <laughs> She's being weird this morning. And uh, anyway, so managing and allocating resources that can help us to uh, keep our financial lives in, you know, moving in the right direction, or at least in some sort of balance. And then as well, the gate 12 later in the day, the gate 12 is connected to super consciousness. It is able to tap into information streaming into this planet from the sun or from the galactic center or from the neutrino stream that is constantly bathing the earth with encoded information. So when we get to the 12th uh, key or the 12th gate, we're actually being able to sort of uh, transcribe information as it comes in from uh, sources far and wide. I don't know where they come from necessarily. We say super consciousness, but it is the ability to tap in. And in some respects, and I think in quantum human design, this gate is called the channel. So the moon is, I think, at that point in time later in the day, triggering our ability to tune in and to tap into what is being streamed to us from consciousness or uh, super consciousness. Now, as we go back to astrology, then today, the moon is making three pretty interesting connections. One is to a sextile to Mars. And Mars, as you know, is in the sign of Leo. So Gemini and Leo together, we have air and we have fire. So Mars and Leo can be very self-expressive. It can take action on what it is passionate about and wants to move forward with its passions. And with the uh, moon in uh, Gemini giving us the emotional connection to information, to the steps that can be taken to do that. In a sextile, they're working really well together, air providing just enough wind, just enough movement to fan the flames of Mars and Leo, being able to move forward in some way with the uh, projects that you're working on, with a creative adventure that you're working on. And then a little bit later, the moon in Gemini will square Neptune in Pisces. That slows things down a bit, maybe mucks up the waters a bit. Maybe we're not as clear. We can't seem to get out of our mouth what it is that we want to say. Or when we say it, it comes out backwards. That's what happens to me often. And then if it's, if it's not clear, we may have to slow our minds down. And that can be difficult with the moon in Gemini, raring to go, right? That energy of, of information just flowing, flowing, flowing. So we have to maybe slow down in the afternoon today to allow that information to sort of percolate in and to settle into where it needs to be, not necessarily trying to drive ourselves to or push ourselves to express it in that particular moment. And then just after that, we have a conjunction from the moon to Mercury. Now, Mercury is now, let's see, today's the seventh. So he is emerging out of the shadow of his retrograde, which means he's beyond the 25th degree. Let's see, where does he sit today? He sits at 2432. So again, this is later on in the afternoon. So the moon will conjunct Mercury right about the time he is turning direction or he's out of the shadow. He's already turned directions, but out of the shadow, maybe giving us access to something new maybe something that we just was hinted at uh, the last three weeks for us as we went into the um, retrograde, lived through the retrograde, moved into the, the retro shade, the period of time after the retrograde, and now preparing to move into new degrees where uh, Mercury hasn't been yet. So be prepared, Get have a little pad and paper with you or your phone where you can record ideas because later in the day, that is distinctly possible. Coming out of the fog of the square with Neptune, new ideas emerge. And that's this is a helpful hint. Don't try to take a lot of new action today, right? We're in the, also the shadow of the dark of the moon, right? The moon is closing its phase. It isn't yet in the position to really push or advance an idea. However, when we look at human design for the week, you're going to see that the sun is ready to advance. He has moved into the gate 53, which is the gate of new beginnings. So there's this little bit of a, a conundrum, right? We have a little bit of the foot on the brake 
and we have a lot of foot on the gas, but we have to be very careful because in between all of that is that square to Neptune where we may not be clear. And now just because we're not clear doesn't mean that we can't take steps, but just know that there's always the potential that when we have that kind of a setup, you, there can be some confusion right? There can be some steps taken and then steps backwards and back and forth for a little bit. And that's not an awful thing. It just means that if you're all into something and you push yourself where maybe the timing wasn't quite right, it can blow up on you rather spectacularly. Um, or even if you're in the right time, in the right place with the right people and the right opportunity, there can be some little hiccups along the way. So we just need to be aware of that so that we don't feel ourselves getting disappointed or disillusioned. Uh, by things that maybe don't work out the exact way that we thought it would, but maybe it'll be better, right? It's always the possibility that the reason things are slowed down is so that we can wait for some unknown uh, component or some unknown characteristic or factor that we couldn't see, but certainly the universe was aware of. Now, after, um, when we get to the end of today, so 9.20 p.m. West Coast time, which will be 12.20 a.m. Uh, tomorrow morning for those of you on the East Coast and further to the East, the moon will go into the void from Gemini in preparation for the new moon in Cancer. So for uh, a good chunk of this evening or tomorrow morning through the time you're sleeping, uh, 6.51 a.m. for us here on the West Coast, 9.51 for those of you on the East Coast, the moon will then emerge into the sign of Cancer. And now we'll be in the preparation for that new moon, which happens the very next day at 18 degrees of Cancer. So we have the first 18 degrees of Cancer, first 17 or so, to be able to consider what it is that we want as our intentions for the moon in Cancer, uh, for the new moon in Cancer, and then we can prepare for the eventuality of that new moon. But it's not necessarily time to take big action, even though the sun is in a gate that's telling us it's time to begin something, because we're in the dark phase of the moon. We're in what we call the dark of the moon. So we can't see clearly, right? It's too dark. And then once we get the new moon, then things begin to hatch. The plan begins to become available to us. We can see a little bit better. So we're dragging out potentially this new moon energy, but also the energy of new beginnings with the gate 53 where the sun is. All right, before we go on and talk more about cancer and I show you some graphics, let me say good morning to everybody that's checking in here. I see Kathleen, good morning to you. Asa, thank you for joining us. Uh, J-Lo, Grand Rising, Corey, hello, Pauline, hello, Amy D, good morning to you. J-Lo says, interesting, I got papers from the lawyers in the mail. Ah, interesting. I hope good things in the mail papers for the lawyer. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're working on there, J-Lo, but hopefully it was a good thing. Debbie Tippett's to me, oh, good morning to you. And uh, it's a little bit of a slow morning here too. I kind of feel like I got everything done that I needed to get done, but there was this time lag. I feel like I'm in a time crunch somehow, but not necessarily meaning to crunch on time. It's kind of a weird day that way. So let's look at what cancer means. Since we're going to have a new moon in cancer, we need to know what it is, what parts of our lives are going to be affected. Now, if you have your own personal astrology chart or human design chart with you, this is a good time to take a look at them. We're going to be talking about cancer. So find the sign of the crab in your, your uh, astrology chart. That is the house where this next phase of energy is going to be focused for you. So for example, if you have a cancer rising sign, then it is your first house that is the focus of the energy of the new moon, but also the energy of the day today, tomorrow, as we start to get things rolling through cancer later today for here on the West Coast, but for those of you East, it will be tomorrow. And the, the sign of cancer, as you know, is a sign of family. It is a sign of our traditions and home. It has everything to do with how we feel safe and secure when we're in, within the, the bounds of our family units. So home and family and nurturing, building a solid foundation it, are very important parts of cancer's um, personality and of cancer's 
uh, ideology, in fact. So family traditions get focused upon during a new moon in Cancer. How is it that we're set up for the future can also come up here. And that's interesting because the uh, opposite sign of Cancer is Capricorn. And even though we're not talking about anything to do with what's in Capricorn, Capricorn energy feeds into Cancer. So the ability to have a steady job or to have a steady source of income that supports the security of the home and the family are all very important aspects of cancer, cancer the crab. Um, this is a sign that is also very much about feelings and emotions. So I was sitting here this morning with a little bit of a conundrum thinking about this because when I was uh, putting together the astro design for cancer, I certainly expected that there were going to be several connections to the solar plexus, the emotion center in human design. But there isn't. There isn't any connection to cancer energy in the solar plexus. So fascinating, right? Because we think of cancer as being ruled by the moon and being moody. And moods suggest an emotional sort of connection. But in reality, that's not the case. So I was sitting here trying to figure out, well, what does that mean? Because in you'll see this in a minute when we get to the human design uh, chat this is about the root center mostly primarily and the root center is a center for grounding us to the earth so cancer even though it is a water sign and even though it is connected to the moon which is also connected to our feelings and our emotions there is no connection in your human de design to expressing those emotions or even to using the emo energy of emotions to calibrate so calibrating with your heart, it really has everything to do with building that stronger foundation so that you can create new beginnings, so that you can uh, sustain ambitions, or so that you can move on and uh, use that, that very uh, grounded energy to support. So it's like building from the bottom up. So cancer energy is very much about that foundation, so that at least connects us to that safety and security concerns of cancer. And you know how cancer signs do much better when the bills are paid, when the cupboards are full, when the refrigerator's full, when everything seems to be um, running smoothly in the life where they can feel anchored. So it's interesting because the biggest anchor in your human design is the root center. And that's where a good chunk of the gates are for this period of time. We're going to go into that in just a little bit. Uh, but there are also two other components to the Cancer Moon that we need to work through today. And one is about growing. And this is um, not necessarily about um, growing like in the physical, although that is definitely a part of it. It's about maturing through the stages of life. So taking anything from the seed to the, the seedling, to the, you know, growing plant, if you will, to finally the full grown plant that we can then harvest whatever it is that we're harvesting from, from it. And um, then that is also a good model for our lives as we are here in our very beginnings as a seed that's been planted, and then we're born and we go through these different phases of our lives in a sort of evolutionary push or an evolutionary mode. So it's growing in cancer, but it's also showing us the evolution that is possible for us, especially when we have the foundation set. When we don't have that foundation set, then it's impossible for us to sustain growth. We will go through many fits and starts and many different calamities, even perhaps as we try to, to build the base, right? The basis. So it's an interesting sign that way. And then it is also a sign that takes us into intimacy, the intimacy of being in the family, right? And being able to share and to nurture one another, to love one another. So cancer energy is really uh, about the feeling of belonging, about the feeling of family and the feeling of safety and security when we know that we have our uh, that we are attached to something, that we're not just drifting aimlessly uh, through our lives. So let's take a look uh, really quickly. First of all, let me check and see. Christine, good morning to you. 
uh, I would say the foundation of a family, the strength. Elisa, my birthday is on the 13th this month, and I have cancer in my seventh house. Ah, interesting. And that's the day the 13th is when Venus and Mars come into their exact connection, conjunction at 19 degrees of cancer, which is literally just one degree post the new moon. So interesting, right? So coming up here, um, and seventh house means relationships or partnerships and how you're building upon those kinds of, of um, uh, structures or forms or uh, foundations. That's the word in your life. So focus this year is probably now the seventh house is where it is by birth, but in your solar return, that can be oriented completely differently. So if you get a solar return chart or a solar return reading, um, you'll be able to see what house that is actually focused on. So we know it's going to be focused in some respects on relationships. What we don't know, the unknown quantity here is what house it returns in on your solar return. That will tell us then what connections are there between the seventh house in your natal chart and the house for this year's theme of the sun in your chart. Uh, okay, so let me see if I can share my screen and... I want to bring up a Chrome tab. Is it a tab? No, it's an entire screen. No, it's a window. No. Okay. So let's cancel this for a second until I open it. Cancer gates. So now I want to show you, you know, what the gates are in cancer that we're dealing with. Oh, yes. My computer's behaving a little bit strange this morning. Hmm. Here we go. All right, now you all should be seeing the human design chart with the gates that are considered cancer gates. And actually, I'm going to get my little booklet here because I want to do these in the order in which they were being uh, hit in the um, run of cancer or how they will be hit in the in the sign of cancer. And so we begin with the gate 15 right here. This is the bullet burn gate, if you will. This is the gate that just barely is in the sign of cancer. And this is a gate of the love of humanity. Let me make sure I'm doing this in the right order. I want to do it this way. Yeah, 15. Now, 15, this is on the identity center. This is the center for love, receiving love, giving love. So in the gate 15 in cancer, what we see is giving love to humanity and having compassion and having empathy for our fellow human beings. So there's the first gate that we find um, that the moon will transit through as it moves into Cancer. The next gate, it jumps down to the root center. And here, let me see if I can make this just a little bit bigger. And can I move it? Oh, I can do it that way too. Here we go, the root center. So the next gate is the gate 52 on the root center, which is called the gate of stillness. And this is a gate that really takes us to a point where we're, we're in the lowest extreme. This is the gate of stress. And stress is an energy that comes about when we are oh, trying to push our way into something, when we're doing too much, when we are uh, forcing or uh, pushing against the river, pushing against the tide. So the antidote to that anxiety that we might feel from that pushing energy or that pressure, because this is a pressure center, is in going into stillness or restraint. In the gene keys, you'll see that stillness is the siddhi and the, sec the gift is restraint, while the shadow energy is stress. And in this particular gate, if you are on the lower spectrum, the, the, the more... Uh, lower frequency of this energy, your body may even be showing you through the stomach, which is connected to the moon, which is connected to cancer, uh, where it is that you are, maybe not so much about what you have stress about, but where you're carrying that stress in your body. So it's often right in the stomach. And that might mean an upset stomach. It could mean uh, feeling extra hungry or feeling extra full. There's a whole lot of ways that it can show up. But if you are uh, feeling that, then likely you've gotten into stress or you've gotten onto the anxiety mode of the center and you need to move yourself into maybe a meditation or something, you know, do something, just a nap even, or just 
any kind of exercise that can move you out of stress and move the energy. So that's the gate 52. Uh, in the, the next gate will be the gate 39, the gate of provocation. Now, this is such a fascinating gate in human design, and it's sitting here on the root center as a part of our mystical journey. It is also a part of this energy to move us toward the gate 55, which, oh, by the way, happens to be populated right now by Jupiter. You're going to see that in a different graphic, but Jupiter here. So at some point in our experience tomorrow, we're going to have this whole channel of emoting contained in two planets, the moon and Jupiter. And we know what happens when the moon and Jupiter come together, whether it's in an opposition like it will be tomorrow, or if it is going to be in a conjunction. And that is the potential to overdo, to over imbibe, to overwork, to over be overly emotional in this case, because this is a channel of emotions. And provocation has a purpose. It's not to piss you off or to create stress. Provocation is the energy that either comes to you from someone else, or even you can provide that provocation yourself to move closer to spirit, to move closer to having faith and trust or surrendering to a higher power. So even while pro provocation can feel like, you know, someone's sticking you with a pin, um, it's really got a purpose. And it's about telling you you're off center somehow, right? You're not in spirited. So move more toward spirit through faith and having faith in an abundant universe and that you are um, intrinsically valuable and all of that. So tomorrow, later in that day, we're going to have this whole channel uh, on fire, if you will, or on water, uh, triggering our emotions and our, remember Jupiter is in the sign of Pisces still. And so the gate 55 is a Piscean gate and it is uh, stimulating in the gene keys freedom, right? The highest expression and the gift expression for the gene keys here is uh, freedom. And it's freedom from reaction to your emotions, right? It's the freedom from the emotional provocation or the little pinprick that wants you to jump out of your skin and do something. And instead waiting for the emotional wave to inform you as to what direction you're meant to take or waiting for spirits, the signs, the symbols from spirit to let you know what the next steps are. Then after the gate 39, we move into the new moon gate and that new moon is when the sun and the moon are both in the same gate. And that will be at the gate 53 in human design, the gate of new beginnings. So here we have an initiatory energy pushing us out. So there is definitely kind of a double need for something new, for starting something new. Uh, today is not that day necessarily because we have that square to Neptune that kind of muddies the waters, but you may start getting an idea of what it is that's coming and what it what direction you want to go in. It's going to be a great day to launch something. So new moon, new beginnings, launch, right? So we have that energy. In the, um, the lowest expression in this, though, I meant to do this before I got here on air this morning. I wanted to see what the uh, gene keys, well, we can see it in the other graphic. In the highest expression in the gene keys, this is the gate of superabundance, and it is expansion in the gift, and it is immaturity in the lowest expression. And immaturity here refers to the fact that we may try to start something without all the pieces on the chessboard, right? Imagine starting a chess game without your queen or your king on the board or without the pawns on the board, right? You have to have something that you can move. So waiting for the right signals, the right timing, the right people, and then starting something, launching or moving forward. And then after the new moon, uh, we move into the gate 62, which is now up on the throat center. So we jump from the root center we jump up to the throat center where this is the gate of details. In human design, this is a gate that is part of the scientific method. Here is where we are looking for the facts and the figures and everything that supports the claims that we're making, or in this case, the opinions maybe that we're laying down. Um, this is a gate in gene keys that's called precision. 
And in the lowest expression, this gate in the gene keys is about intellect. Just trying to use your intellect instead of following, you know, your um, maybe following your intuition or really looking at the facts and the figures as objectively as possible. So that happens to be a cancer gate, interestingly enough. The last gate, which is also cuspy, is going to be the storytelling gate of 56. And the story that we're telling in the gate 56 is really about our human story or about our experiences. And this is interesting too, because this is a gate in the throat center that's part of the sensing circuit so it becomes a story that's embellished with feelings and with details and with um, the experiential nature of it it's not just telling the facts and the figures it's got the whole enchilada here so the gate 56 then can be a very powerful teaching gate or a modality in which we share our knowledge with others we have to be careful in this gate, however, because in the gate 56, sometimes the story is also a victim story. And we forget that if we keep telling the victim story, we keep ourselves bond in bondage to that victim story. So the end of the cancer gates tells us to rewrite the story, right? Tell a new story. We have a lot of storytelling gates, by the way, in human design. The 56 is one, the 33 is one, the 13 is one. These guys tell, and 44 in some way is also a storytelling gate. So is 24. These gates, what they have in common is that they are telling a story. The 44 is maybe telling the story of the past and how the past has, um, you know, hurt us or harmed us or the past as in history. The 24 is telling us about the story and the blessings in the story. If we go to the highest expression, if the lowest expression, it's going to tell us the pain or the wounding in the story. 56 tells the general story of our experiences. 33 tells us the story is the story keeper. So here we have the genetic lineage. We have the ancestral lineage. We have the stories from, you know, the time of our beginning all the way through till now. And 13 being the gate of narrative can change the story through listening and being able to understand what's really true about that story and enact change there. So interesting that these gates are all popping up. Look at the centers that are involved. First, we have the root center involved. And um, did you know um, that the, these centers can also be arranged in the gene keys through the shadow, the gift, and the city? So I'm going to just take a moment here to talk about that because I think it's an interesting um, tidbit, if you will, a, a, a piece that could take us a little bit deeper into what the Gene Keys offers up. So when we look at the root center, which is where most of the gates and cancer are, this is the lowest, in the lowest expression, this center is the pressure or stress that we feel, the stress that we feel to go out and do the stress that we feel to go out and live, to discover what our life purpose is, and on and on. In the gift level, it's drive. So the center here holds a lot of energy for drive, not from stress, but for going out on the journey, for discovery, for exploration, for evolution. And oh, by the way, the highest aspect in this center is evolution. Right. So we have the drive to evolve, but often we are feeling that stress first, that pressure first that says you got to go out and you've got to do something. Now, when we look at the identity center, there's one gate here in cancer of, on the identity center. It's the very first gate that uh, cancer enters. It is in the lowest expression, the gate of me, me, M-E, where it's me this, you know, for everything for me. In the next level, the gift level, this center is about the self. So self-centeredness, not self-centeredness as in selfishness, but self-centered, being able to be fully in love with oneself, then to be able to offer love to one's fellow human beings. And in the highest expression, this center brings about the potential for oneness. Oneness, when we see ourselves as individuals, but also part of the bigger plan, the bigger um, tapestry, if you will, of humanity. And because there are a couple of gates on the throat, let's look at the throat center. In the lowest expression of the throat center, 
as uh, in the gene keys is the energy of distortion and distortion because the, what makes it up to the throat center can sometimes be, it's, it's coming from different centers down below. So it can have elements of fear to it. It can have elements of emotional reactivity to it. It can have uh, uh, the energy of, of control with it. It can have sometimes even this pressure that's coming down from the head into the ajna. So the lowest expression here is when our manifesting or communication gets distorted. In the gift level, this is about metamorphosis. This is about being able to, um, you know, be a magician or an alchemist and to change things or cause them to metamorphose into something new. And in the highest expression, then it becomes emergence, emergence, the blossoming or the emerging of something new or the emerging of something that is um, correct for you or that, you know, causes you to be able to move ahead on your evolutionary path. And the, someday I'm sure we'll get to what these other centers are when we look at it through the um, the shadow, the gift, and the Sidhi. Uh, but today I have other things I need to do. So I'm gonna st let me see before I do that. Let's see if um, Asa. There we go. I saw that. Allison D. What what does it mean when you already have Gate 55 defined with your North Node? So that's a great question, Allison. And what it means is that you already have as your life path trajectory, the need to understand faith, trust, surrender, and to understand that abundance isn't something that you work for. It is not on the work center. If it was, that energy would be on the sacral, but instead it is on the emotional center, right? 55. So it tells you that your North Node and now the energy of Jupiter being here is growing your ability to trust, to have faith that abundance is your birthright, right? Not to be the, to the, the energy underneath it all is about enoughness. I am enough. I have enough. And then if I'm feeling not enough, or if I really truly do not have enough, then it's telling me something more. It's telling me that I need to realign with my passions, that I have to realign with what I love, because it's a possibility that my emotions are distorted from what it is I'm trying to do. And um, I need to re to course correct. So when another planet joins the gate 55, it just adds that energy as fuel to you completing your destiny or your north node. So Jupiter as a uh, planet of growth and expansion, but also reward and recognition. The potential is that you're really getting this, right? You're really getting this. You're on top of this. So I hope that answers your question. And it's good to see you, Allison. I haven't seen you out there in a while. So good, good that you were be able to be here with us today. Uh, okay, so next, uh, let's see, after I want to do that, I wanted to talk about the Human Design Week. And let me share my screen again, because now we can see some details about the sun and the earth and also the moon for the new moon uh, at this point in time. I guess I have to go back here to share again and file. There we go. Window. Here we are getting the hang of this. So today is the beginning of week two in July's human design. And this is a week about cultivating patience and then learning to act from inspiration in the right timing. So this comes up because the sun and then the moon it, at the new moon are going to be in the gate 53, which is the gate of starting. Uh, the Michael Jackson song is going through my head, starting something, got to be starting something. Uh, but this is a week of starting things, but not necessarily completing them. So if you're thinking that I need to start something and finish it this week, it's probably not going to happen that way because the gate 53 is about the initial um, starting point. It's very manifester like in that the manifester sort of is like the, the type where they're here to initiate. They start things. They are sort of the breaking ball, if you will, in the game of pool. So they get the, the ball rolling. Um, now, if it's a manifester, they're going to pass that energy on to someone else to complete. But for us as individuals, the sun at the gate 53 is starting us out in some way. And then we'll have to watch for the right timing, 
for spirit to give us the right cues on what the next steps are to take. So sun at the gate 53. In the gene keys, this is the gate, we talked about this just a minute ago, immaturity in the shadow, expansion as the gift, and super abundance as the city. And if you want to get your gene keys book out, this is a really good read to read just what does super abundance mean, right? Super meaning awesome, awesome abundance, or is it super abundance, like above the, the thought of abundance where we think we need to work for it or do something for it. So it's super meaning it's coming from above down into us. It's a great, it's a great read. So read that. Um, the earth. Now the earth in the week is always going to be the one that sort of gives us the challenge or the test, something that we're going to have to um, use as a way to move forward into starting something. Mm kind of the impetus to start something. And that's going to come from the gate 54, which uh, you can't see it in this graphic, but it sits on the root center as well. It is called the gate of ambition. And if the sun is in cancer, then the earth at gate 54 ambition is a Capricorn gate. And so as a Capricorn gate, then we know that this is about waiting for the right timing, the right um, opportunity to start a divine journey or to embark on a journey, the divine inspiration even to start a journey or to start a project or to start up uh, some kind of something new. But you have to have the ambition or the drive to be able to do that. And in the gate 54 in the gene keys, I have it right here. I don't need to go look it up. It's right here. We have ascension. So the highest aspiration, the highest uh, expression of ambition is to be able to be in ascending mode, being able to be moving up. Or if you don't like the idea of moving up, which sometimes I think is, you know, kind of making life hierarchical, as, think of it as uh, just the next level of the spiral of consciousness where you're moving into the next um, level because you've accomplished something in the level below. So it's time to move on up. In the shadow, this is greed. In the gift, it is aspiration. So aspiration, a synonym for the word ambition, and ultimately leading us to the ability to move ahead. So 53 and 54 are our energies for the week, where 53 is the gate for the sun and the moon during the new moon. But we also have the gate 54 still there because we still have Earth in the new moon. <laughs> We're experiencing it here in the new moon on Earth as having an ambition that we want to, that is going to push us to start something new. So hopefully that makes sense to everybody. All right. Any other questions, Asa? I don't, I don't think I got another text. I'm going to stop sharing this one at the moment. Take a look here. Uh, you're welcome, Allison. And it's really good to see you. Andy girl. Hello to you. And um, any other thing I missed here? Uh, Leilani, hello to you too. So I'm just going backwards because I missed some people, but there, I think I've got everybody. Um, okay, now um, let's start talking about the new moon. I'm going to show you the chart of the new moon first, um, the astrology chart of the new moon. And uh, that way we can take a look at the aspects, the planets involved and the energies that are very powerfully um, activated at the new moon. And let's see, how do I do that? Right here, window. Here we go. So what you see is the July new moon. And I think I'm going to be able to bring this up a little bit. But let's look at the details first of this moon. So it is the new moon at 18 degrees in two minutes of Cancer. So pretty much just 18 degrees. It occurs on July 9th at 6.17 p.m. Pacific time, 9.17 p.m. on the East Coast, and 1.17 a.m. in the Universal Time Zone uh, on July 10th. So we're straddling the 9th and the 10th, depending on your time zone. And the theme is all about new beginnings. We just talked about that. But these new beginnings are something that needs to bring balance to self-nurturing and caring for others. So we have the ability to see how we have to be able to self-nurture. How much can you really give to someone else or help someone else if you haven't taken care of yourself? 
and um, that that helps us to balance then the theme in the human design gate we've just been talking about is about starting things imagine that a new moon which is all about new beginnings with a human design energy for starting that tells you how powerful the potential is for us to leap out to jump into something and you know there's also the potential here as the moon has um, gone through the gate 62 for us to hesitate to start something new because maybe we're thinking that all the details aren't set yet and that i'm just going to say that there's always time to go back and to put out the rest of the details right if you don't start you're never going to have the energy of beginning you're never going to know what else you need if you don't start something so don't hold back this is going to be one of those moons that really takes us into the action sector now there's aspects that are pretty close here during this time the closest aspect is the venus mars conjunction which is happening right here in leo and you can see right next door the neighboring sign of cancer is the um the moon and the sun and this is interesting because the moon rules cancer and the sun rules leo so these guys are tied together in many different ways even though typically neighboring signs create a bit of a a, a tent there's a bit of a tension in the uh, energies between them so the new moon pushing us to begin something venus and mars very creative energy but maybe we're waffling a bit on how it is that we want to express that creative energy how do we want to get it out there so these two are in sort of a mutual reception here so they're very powerful together and this affects our relationships our finances our self-worth and our values like the things what do we value and are we living our life according to our values are we worthy to take that next step to receive the abundance the bounty from the universe and about finances are we in fear are we in lack consciousness and our relationships venus is the ruler of relationships and how are we doing in that aspect if we look at this let me make this just a titch bigger i'll make it a, there if we go because i also want you to remember that we're still very close with the um t-square that was triggered on july 5th but also on june 28th in that venus and um uh, Mars are really only at 15 and 17 degrees. Saturn is at 11 degrees. So we're still, there's, especially with Venus, there's still the opposition to Mars or to Saturn and Saturn in Aquarius setting us up for our future, right? The future, where do we want to go? How do we want to be sustainable? What do we want to preserve and take with us into the future? And what's better for us to leave behind in the past? So we still have this opposition here where we have values on one side and we have what's sustainable, what's correct for us to take with us. Both of them still sort of pointed at Mars, at Uranus. I'm fixated on Mars apparently. So we have, we have Uranus at the point of the T-square and I did not draw this in here and I could kick myself now because I'm on, I can't draw lines here. Uh, can I? uh no edit oh if i edit can i edit draw Ooh. now you know that i can't do this very well but let's see what happens if i try to draw um let me draw from saturn let's see is it going to be from saturn here and then from saturn to uranus and from that was a nice little squirrely and then over here so now you can see with a T-square still activated with the point at Uranus, which tells us a lot about what it is we have to do. What's the challenge? And the challenge is for us to let go of the you know what past, right? We're holding on so tightly to what we believe that we need to take with us into the future that we are struggling against the letting go. And of course, we have the balancing point still over here in Scorpio, which is a is a sign that will hold on too long these are all signs by the way that will hold on too long leo aquarius taurus and scorpio are all fixed signs they want to hold on cancer is a sign of it's a cardinal sign so it's a beginning it's a push into the new beginning so maybe we actually have 
you know, these two kind of connected in a way to bring us the ability, the impetus, the push just to launch something. So, um, and of course, in in uh, the sign of Taurus, Uranus rules the banking system, the economy, our personal finances, our values, our self-worth. You see that echo here uh, with the relationships, finances, values, and self-worth of the Venus-Mars conjunction. And so the, the square from here to here, from Saturn to Uranus is still with us, right? That is that that hesitancy we have to let go of the past, but the need to move into the future. But also we don't want to do it in a rebellious sort of contrarian sort of way. We need to do it in a smart way, in a way that preserves what's best and what's good and what's right. And um, let's go of what isn't working, what isn't sustainable, what no longer serves us. And that's personal as well as in our families, in our communities, in our nation, our states, etc., uh, all around the world. This is a, an energy that's up for us all. And, you know, coming into a very strong period of time with this new moon. So the effect, this, this moon really affects the actions that we take in our relationship area in our finances, values, and self-worth. So, you know, look to where Cancer and Leo are in your personal chart. That's the two houses of your chart that are being activated this week and during this particular transit uh, of the new moon, but as well the gates of the um, of your human design. All right, questions about that? And... So now let's look at the new moon. I'm going to bring that up and I'm going to share my screen once more. And now we're going to look at the gates again. I think we might have already looked at this graphic, but I'm not sure. So I'm going to bring it up anyway. Uh, these are where the cancer gates are. So just a reminder of what centers in your human design are being triggered, what gates are being triggered. Here are the big ones right here. 53 for the new moon, the new beginning or the start, the beginning of something. All right, stop sharing. Questions, comments, duo dame. Also Neptune water. Yes, indeed. Living astrology. Oh, we do have another question. Ah, thanks, Asa. JLo says, so I got the Allison one. JLo, will gate 55 amplify my Saturn 39.5? Yes. I don't know that we want to say amplify as much as it completes the channel of emoting for you. So it becomes more emotional, perhaps. It can be a little more volatile. You can be provoked or you can be provoking others to move toward abundance because that's what the gate 55 is about abundance or being in spirited right so there this is a very um it's a very powerful energy but it's also very moody and it has it's part of the individual wave in your human design circuitry which means it has high highs and low lows so the energy of the emotional energy, the emotional energy can be high and joyful and exciting. And then in the low, it can be very melancholic and very a feeling of depression, that kind of thing. But don't buy into that, right? Just remember that this is all about helping you with that connection to 55 to calibrate to your passions. And if you don't understand what that means, let me know. Uh, let's see. And question from JLo again, we'll get... Uh, yeah. Did I get that twice? How funny. It's in my second house, but progressed in my first house, which should I look at both, right? You can't, you can't just look at one part of something. If it's in the second house of your transiting chart, then that's the, that's the thing that's up in your face right now. Money, earning power, resources, values, finances in general, um, uh, your, your self-worth, all that's up in your face right now by progression, a progressed chart shows us the direction in which our life is moving. So it shows us our maturity level, if you will. Um, it shows us what we are working on in terms of our overall evolution. Mm -hmm. So in terms of your overall evolution, then JLo, with a first house progressed energy, you are working on you, right? You, the I am. So you're strengthening or evolving you, right? It sounds very self-centered, right? Or it sounds like it could be more selfish, but you have to have a very strong sense of who you are 
in order to help anybody else. So you're working on that aspect now. And um, um, I do not want to be provoked if it's bad. Provocation isn't always bad. Um, provocation can be, can feel not so good if you're being provoked about something that you've been provoked before about. So for example, if you have a pattern in your life that's been consistent, let's say a pattern of lack mentality or scarcity living or just survival, you know, surviving instincts, um, then the provocation might be, um, because remember, it's provoking you to move to having faith in the gate 55. That's where it wants to go. It wants to have that provocation comes from having faith needs to be settled by having faith, I mean. So let's say a bill comes in or your car breaks down or something happens and now you're like, oh, dang, I don't have the money. And now I'm worried. How am I going to get this thing fixed? I can't, you know, work without my car. I can't do this. Um, and it's going to provoke you yet again, perhaps as a pattern that has been laid down in your life to have faith that everything is working to your benefit, that everything is going to work out in the right and perfect way. So faith being triggered by a provocation. So I hope that makes sense, right? It can also be a positive thing that maybe you see where somebody else is out of alignment with their, their passions or their, their, their love of something. And you say, hmm, you know, maybe you should look at this and move, you know, closer to what you want. So you get to play the, the provoker. So it works both ways. It's a two-way door. Um, yes, you can be provoked to a much better path. Absolutely, Allison. That's perfect. And Christine Buckingham, a catalyst kind of energy to help change. Yes. Although we don't often look at it as catalyzing energy. It is what it is. But because for us, you know, provocation might not feel so good, um, we might feel like we're in that victim energy again. So remember in the gene keys, the 55 at the opposite side takes us to freedom. Freedom in the gift, freedom in the city, and victim energy is what is in the shadow. So it's being, it's provoking us to move out of the victim energy and see ourselves as part of a bigger plan and able to connect to a higher power to always be in enoughness. There we go. Okay, so hopefully that answers your question, JLo. Um, and I think before I leave this morning, I want to pull us a card. I'm going to pull us an animal card. And I'm going to pull us a Wisdom of the Oracle card. And this will be for our new moon. And this will be for our new Human Design Week that we are entering into. An animal that can guide us, that can be our sort of mentor for this period of time. And I got B spirit, but it was upside down. So it's in protection. And it says at the bottom, sweet results await. Let me see if I can get this in here. B spirit. Beautiful. I don't know that we've gotten this card before, but let's look at card number seven. So it has a very spiritual connotation, kind of like maybe what we were just talking about. And oh, it went too far. Okay, B spirit. And it was upside down, which means it's in protection. And here's the protection message. When B spirit comes as your protector, she asks you to be very honest with yourself. Do you want to taste the sweet honey others have been making, but you believe it is unattainable for you? Do you wonder how others ended up with so much ma magical honey when you seem to have none? Have you bought into the illusion of separation and become convinced that you can't have what others in the hive enjoy? Do you separate the hive to do it all on your own? Or do you hoard what honey you have, unwilling to trust that there is plenty of support and plenty of sweetness to go around? If you've been overworking and overdoing, so Jupiter, and have not given yourself any time to enjoy the sweetness of your life, Bee Spirit is telling you to stop and recharge. Perhaps you're afraid that if you don't get something done, it just won't get done. However, even busy bees need to take a break. And when they do, the honey still gets made. So remind yourself that sweetness is everywhere and available to you always when you need it. Awesome. The bee. I think that's perfect for this morning's chat. And let's do a card from the Wisdom of the Oracle. This one can give us guidance and direction uh, 
for the new moon and the new week. So we already have B. Let's see what comes from the wisdom of the oracle. Ah, we get soulmates. Interesting card for us as a group. Soulmates. Card number 41, which is a five. So let's read that one. It was straight up and down. So 41. Okay, the essential meaning of this card is harmonious partnerships, love, friendship, companionship, a relationship fostering personal growth. And the Oracle's message says you are meant to evolve and transform with the companionship of others. Certain people enter into your life in order to take you to the next level of healing, consciousness, and authenticity. It is always a reciprocal experience, although the results for each of you will vary. You know how these people, you know these people by the strong pull drawing you toward them and sometimes by a strong aversion to them initially too. Soulmates can be friends for life or remain in your life for only a short time. No matter what, you will be changed in ways you cannot possibly fathom now. Pay attention to these people today. They are your greatest gifts. Ah, I love that. I love that card. Okay, let's see. Last bit of comments here. Andy Girl says, yay, faith over fear. Allison says, I love that. Andy Girl 7 is my lucky number and bees are a sign for me too. Take it all in, Andy. Uh, JLo, I'm 1000% on the faith. I have three preemie daughters from one pound, six ounces, two pounds, five ounces, three pounds, nine ounces, alive and stronger than ever teenagers now and about to graduate in 2022 from high school. Ooh, awesome. Andy says five is also an important for me. I'm so loving these cards. I know they're so awesome. I love them, love them, love them. Christine Buckingham says, thank you. Thanks, Asa. Thanks, Janet. Have a great day, everyone. Elisa, that was perfect. So that is it for me today. You guys have a happy new moon. I will see you Friday morning, eight o'clock right here and on YouTube or uh, Living Astrology on YouTube or to the Living Astrology Facebook page, either place you can join me. Great to see you all. Take care.